Oh my, we're bursting at the seams. Welcome everyone to a new Continuing Conversations. This one is going to be super special. I'm Michael Dismuke. I'm a freelance writer for Star Trek Adventures RPG. In addition to being a blogger on Continuing Missions, which is the number one fan site for Star Trek Adventures RPG. And let's get to my inestimable, oh, I can't even say it. Messed up already. Let's keep going. Jim Johnson. Hey everybody, Jim Johnson. I'm the project manager and line editor for the Star Trek Adventures RPG, published by Manifius Entertainment. Love these many years, and co-host on this here show with Michael. Uh, Eighty plus, eighty plus episodes going on strong here. So uh, very excited to be here, and uh, we got a full full slate of people here tonight, all from the USS Pioneer. I should actually be wearing my Pioneer hat. Hang on one second. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah what's am I that? the only one? Like... What's that old raggedy ship that you? <laughs> there we go. There <laughs> we go. That, that garbage scow, right? The old garbage scow <laughs> junk. Who cares about that? We're about the Pioneer. We're all about the Pioneer tonight. So, uh, okay. Uh, you want to do introductions? You want to do the the video and then jump into I... introductions, or how you want to do it? Well, I have to show off and kind of honor this great group of people we're about okay. to introduce. And, you know, just so people have a little background, um, we started the USS Pioneer game back in 2018. Um, I do admit we've had some people come in and out, but uh, th- what we have here is our most faithful crew uh, in so far. And so we're going to be talking about the crew of the USS Pioneer, which is my game that I run and actually share running with some other GMs. So we'll talk about that. But in order to start the introductions, and you know, everybody who is on our crew, let me open up with this now hopefully if you're on a podcast you later on can at least go and check this out on youtube later because we have one of the best legit show openers ever so here we go this is our introduction to the uss pioneer crew That's all we need. We need nothing more but that, and then close out. Oh, <laughs> so and a little bit of jazz hands, you know, going. Oh. All right. <laughs> so with that done, now let's go around by rank order, by rank order, and go ahead and introduce yourself uh, uh, to our viewers and listeners today uh, as the crew of the Pioneer. Tell us a little about your rank, who you are, and if you want to, you can tell us about your day job or hobby or whatever you want. Let's go, Captain. All right. Uh, I am Captain Jalel. I am the first Romulan starship captain in Starfleet. I am in command of the USS Pioneer. I have recently married within the last about year and a half. Uh, have a son, uh, four or five months old now, running. Uh, married uh, Athena, who is a uh, Betazoid. So having a uh, high passion Romulan and a Betazoid that can read emotions, I can imagine that could be a kind of interesting every now and then. Um, <laughs> but day job, I'm a freelance writer for Star Trek Adventures. Uh, just published a uh, 2D20 RPG called Ashland, which is on Drive-Thru RPG. And I guess we'll uh, pass along to my XO. 
Well, actually, but before we do that, uh, Jalel, how about you tell everybody what your real name is? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Troy Mepians is my name. <laughs> that works. All right. Hey, everyone. Uh, I'm Al Spader. Um, I play uh, Commander Desmond Trask on the uh, USS Pioneer. Uh, I am a teacher by day. I'm a freelance uh, Star Trek Adventures writer by night. Uh, I also just published a World Builders um, uh, game alongside of Allison Side uh, called Sentience. Uh, and we just hit 300 downloads today. So pretty exciting. Nice. Awesome. All right. I guess it's my go, isn't it? Technically, yeah, because mm -hmm. I, I'm Aaron Pallier. Uh, I play Dr. Commander Talek Job Nalunid. Um, he is the Tellarite science officer on board USS Pioneer. Um, I, you know me as like the freelance writer for Star Trek Adventures, one of them. Uh, and I typically do a lot of the science technology and, and Starship <laughs> stuff. So it, it kind of bleeds over into the into the game a bit. A, a wee bit. And and by day, what is what do you do? Oh, by day. Well, besides being a freelance writer, I'm a climate change researcher. Awesome, awesome. All right, I think that takes us by rank over to Josh. We're gonna have to do finagle a little bit because we will be a little out of rank because you play two characters. <laughs> hey, maybe Franklin can make his way up. You never know. <laughs> um, hey, I'm Josh Allen. I play a chief engineer, uh, I guess commander, uh, chief engineer Nabrin Madrek. And he uh, is the chief engineer of Pioneer. Uh, I also play another character uh, named Franklin James, who is, I think, uh, just a lieutenant right now. He's the ops manager. Um, and a fun thing about playing these characters for me with my day job is my day job is I am an engineer. I'm a programmer. And I like to sort of uh, get into their mindset uh, using my, my work. Excellent. Excellent. And of course, um, I love, by the way, I'm hearing everyone pronounce their characters' names because we play on Discord. Yes. So this is new. Like hearing, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that's different than I'm hearing it in my head. So that's <laughs> awesome. All right, let's head over to the McCoys. Hi, I am uh, Roger McCoy, and I play Lieutenant Commander Mick McHilkara, who is uh, Zach Dorn's uh, species we haven't seen very often in Star Trek. We've only seen two named characters, uh, both on Next Generation. So she is one of the newest additions to the Pioneer crew, just uh, joined at the beginning of this past season. Uh, in real life, I am uh, a Roger McCoy. I am a programmer by day, much like Josh. I also have something in common with Jim in that I got my Star Trek start with uh, Strange New Worlds anthology. I got it with the uh, most recent edition in 2012 for the 50th anniversary. And sorry for looking a little well, Haggard, we've been preparing for the uh, the big day today. Oh, what is this? Oh, for those of you who can't see, they put up a Captain Jalil Day sign. Oh, I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna cry. Oh. And it looks like there's oh, like a uh, like a, a world destroyer there. One of the one of the Doomsday machines. Down there there the yeah. Oh wow, you just oh, earned like a so point of determination for that. All oh right. my gosh. I think Ensign Zisa did all the hard work on that one, so I'll uh, I'll hand that uh, over. I wanted to make sure we had the little kids doing the handprints. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to see when you've so got awesome. Pioneer up there, too. That's <laughs> awesome. All right, all right, Lauren, introduce yourself, your character. I'm Laura McCoy, I'm an electrical engineer. I'm playing Ensign Zisa, who's a Denobulan teenager. Not that most people will be able to tell because she looks full grown. I just a little bit of having fun with the Denobulan culture, my little mind cannon. So actually very open, loves being as informal as possible, um, but having lots of fun playing someone who's very unself-aware. So yeah, and she's the the flight controller. She's our 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 flight controller on the Pioneer. All right. So so before we hand it over to Jim to pick our brains about how we got how we play the game, I just want to oh go ahead. Yeah, Alan. yeah. You always forget the doctor. Uh-huh. Rank order always gets confusing when the physicians come in, you know. Yeah. That's right. Cause she, uh, she's an instant. And so I miss that. Oh, you should have just stepped in. Okay, go ahead. It's all right. You know, the McCoys, they're there. <laughs> so that, that was good, good management. Yeah. My name is Michael Freeman. I play uh, Dr. Chad Simon, the chief medical officer, uh, pioneer. I play a human 
even though I'm a human in real life, uh, I still enjoy playing a human. I'm one of those people. Uh, and playing the uh, the chief medical officer. So, uh, and uh, as far as I, I work in sales and marketing, and um, I do have some medical experience. I am a CPR first aid instructor uh, with the American Red Cross. So I try to keep some of my medical advice based on some type of reality. Wonderful, wonderful. All right, cool. And so uh, what we're going to do now is just give you a little background on the, on the Pioneer, uh, what kind of ship it is. So it is an intrepid class, as you can see behind me, USS Pioneer. And uh, the basic story started, uh, we're at the, our fifth season now, wherein we first went through the Shackleton Expanse, um, pretty much a lot of the modules from the Shackleton Expanse in the first year. And then uh, these gentlemen and ladies started trickling in uh, to the game after that, when we got stuck, uh, when we got stuck billions of light years, trillions of light years, 13.7 million light years, actually, from, from the Milky Way galaxy and the Centaurus A galaxy. Um, and so this is the first time I was able to actually gather the crew for continuing conversations. And some of the things I really want to talk about and explore and let Jim pick our brains, too, because... I mean, you have people here who are playing the game in and out on Discord all the time, questions about rules, you know, maybe mechanics, or even how we build our session zero and, and, and touch base every so often again, just to make sure that everyone's getting their most out of the game. Um, so those are some, some of the things we're going to talk about. So if you're a game master, um, you can get out of there kind of like how, how we keep everyone involved. And if you're a player, you're going to see um, how, how to really speak up to your game master so that you get what you want out of the game. It's not just about one person. As you see, we have a huge cast here of players. All right. So um, maybe we can go ahead and start with, uh, I'll let the captain take it first. Why did this game, why does this game work for you? Um, and what's it like uh, captaining so many people? Uh, game works for me because um, as a 40 plus year veteran of RPGs, um, it, it's different. It's collaborative. It's working as a team. You know, the GM is not adversarial. The GM is helping to set the stage, uh, ratchet up the tension in the episode and is really the the person behind the camera you know setting the stage setting the scene and then you know the rest of us pop in and kind of fill in the cracks and you know we make a story between all of us which you know that's amazing to me you know definitely different from you know your go to the next room beat the daylights out of the monster steal a treasure go home um as far as being a captain goes um it had been a long time. I played a captain in the Fossa days uh, back in the early 90s, um, but nothing like this. This is has been probably the most challenging experience I've ever had in an RPG. You know, I'm dealing with people who are smarter than me, who are faster on the draw than I am as far as, you know, thinking. They understand their roles, how things work. And... I've had to learn as a captain, that's exactly what I want. I want my people to know more about things than I do. You know, I'm the conductor. They're the, they're the orchestra. They're the ones that know how to play this stuff. You know, I just wave the baton and it, they make it sound good. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe we can go in backwards order on that too. The people who've been newest to joining the game and that's the McCoys. Cause you all came in really at the beginning of the fifth season, yeah. honestly, right. It was at the fifth season where you came in. So like you're, you're six episodes into the fifth season. So, so what was the hardest challenge for you? What is the hardest challenge for you getting integrated with such a longstanding crew? Yeah, you know, I think I think part of it is just you know getting used to the play post on Discord, but you know we're greatly enjoying that style works well for us. Uh, I I think Barbara's like you said though is it's it's a well integrated crew. There's a lot of you know inside knowledge, a little bit of inside baseball here and there, which can be you know sometimes a little rough, but also a good thing because it it can be kind of fun to come and playing the playing the new perspective and 
giving everyone a quizzical look once in a while. I was like, what in the world are you people on about? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's been fun. I've actually kind of resisted the urge a little bit to look back on, uh, since, you know, we have the the scripts for all the older episodes and on Google drive, I've resisted the urge because like, it's better if I learn the stuff in character, I think. So it's mm-hmm. been, been fun watching that and unravel. Yeah. So you think too, it's like, oh, okay. Don't want to learn too much of the history, but at the same time, it's like, okay, you need to know just the right amount. <laughs> <laughs> it's a challenge because there's so many years of of backstory. And for those who haven't tuned in before, yeah, I actually write up everything in mini novella format after. So people can actually go back and refer to it. So it is a lot of data. Anybody else about coming in midway into a campaign like this? Because everybody here stepped into it after the first season. I, I I came in in, in season uh, three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually came in as the ship's counselor, yeah. um, and Troy was playing double <laughs> double character <laughs> as the the uh, the ship's uh, CMO, um, and I was, you know, I'm one of those people who were who forever a GM uh, playing another play by post. No, Michael just froze up. See, the poor doctor's getting the rough end of it tonight for some <laughs> reason. All right, maybe someone else can take 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 up for from where he left off. Al, so I can I can say that um, I would say the first episode or two was very challenging for me because, like, as a role player, I've trained myself for so long to speak as you know I as my character. You know, I do this, mm-hmm. I do that. Um, but because we are writing this up as mini novellas, we don't really have that luxury right we we have to say he they you know what i mean like um so that took a long time for me to like fully understand what was going on probably about two episodes um and then like i really got into it because i realized hey i'm just like doing writing games with my friends all of Mm -hmm. a sudden and and um I, i i i loved it so um it was challenging at first but uh i'm glad that uh i took i took the leap because it was uh it's been good fun um, getting a chance to write narratively like that. Yeah. And some of you actually adopted other people's characters. I know that was the case for you, Josh, right? So there was an additional challenge there. Absolutely. I remember that first episode where I joined and I was so nervous to get, especially the character of Madrek right. Um, I had actually found those write-ups really helpful and I totally respect, you know, uh, what, what you were saying, Roger, about not going back, but for Madrek and Franklin, I really felt like I had to work with what was there and what had been established in these characters. So I went back and I found all these phrases and I sort of like put them in a notebook and tried to kind of work out what his voice was like. Um, and so then once once I kind of found that, I felt more in the groove and certainly the group was incredibly supportive. So, you know, that it wasn't as intimidating as I thought, but, um, but it was very helpful to have that body of work that really laid their backstory and kind of who they were and what challenges their other players had surfaced into the storyline. Yeah, and that's going to be a rare circumstance. Honestly, I usually wouldn't recommend anyone taking over anyone else's character. That that is a strange thing. But what's weird about what, what what's weird about what's evolved in this group is we've become, in my opinion, an improv troupe. Mm-hmm. Do you totally. want to talk talk about that? Because in fact, someone said, I forget who said it. Maybe I think it was you, Michael, who said the other day we ended an entire game without any dice rolls. We were just into the acting. Was that Michael or Josh? Someone said that. Roger. It was Roger. So let's talk yeah. about that improv troupe feel. How, how do we gain that? Um, and what are the benefits of it? Well, it's one thing that I know, and I think I, I've heard a few people talk about, I've talked about myself a little bit, is that there's very much a, a yes and feel to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, even sometimes when things maybe glitch on us a little bit because of miscommunications or things like that, we tend to keep keep going forward and like, well, what is it we can do with this to to make sense of it after the fact? Or, you know, maybe if someone has to borrow our character or something like that, and maybe they speak a little out of characters, you know, most times it's fine, doesn't make that much of a difference. But taking whatever has been established and yes, anding it rather than like, wait a minute, let's go back, we need to go back and fix this, you know, it's very, like you said, very improv style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no one's improving. <laughs> well, no, I, I think that that's something that's, 
that I've always had a problem with is taking uh, over other characters, even for like one line. I've always been very like hesitant to do that just because I don't like feeling like I'm putting something in someone's mouth that they wouldn't say. So the yes and thing does help me at least get to that point where I go, okay, I can write a line. I'm okay with that. And I think that if, if they, if you say something to me that, Hey, that doesn't really sound right. Tweak it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's easy that way. Yeah. And and I think the bigger challenge too is the longer we play, the more canon there is and the more challenging it is. I mean, I want to ask actually who's played the longest game here, including you, Jim, like what's the longest one character you've played over a span of years? I'm kind of curious to see all of you, if this is the longest character you've ever done or what, Jim, what would you say that? Uh, Same character, probably three years. Okay. Consistently. Okay. That's pretty long. I think five for me. Five would be the longest. Right. Anybody can beat that? Nope. Wow. Jalel's uh, the longest for me. And I'm coming up on five years. Four that, years? Can be a that can be challenging. Yeah, because our seasons aren't exactly one year. They tend to go a little bit longer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Initially, was, uh, October 2nd is when I did my little blurb about, hi, I'm Troy. <laughs> I'd have to go back and check the date, though. Got it. Got it. Okay, cool. So now this is advice. So this is we play on Discord. So everyone knows we do not play live. We do not play on Zoom. We do not use Roll20. It was an experiment because I think I've told you all before that my friends who I played RPG with for 28 years, they moved all over the planet. So I went to play by post. We we did, I can't even remember what they're called anymore, forums. I think that's what like forum style playing. <clears throat> then we did WhatsApp. And eventually Discord came up at that time. So what advice do you all have for being successful at playing on Discord? Because this was an experiment. In fact, I remember when um, we started out, you know, doing this Discord and we were posting on continuing missions about it. This was all new to me. So it just worked out well. So what what do people have to do to make it work out? What what caveats should they be aware of? Anybody? Yeah, I'll I'll start it off. as long as my connection is stable. <laughs> uh, one of the, the caveats is, is realize that you're still playing asynchronous, mm-hmm. um, that even though that it is close to real time, it is not exactly real time. So build in a little space until you get to know the group uh, to, to answering and replies. Uh, also, when you come into die mechanics, and as this is a cooperation game and communication is important, um, it's going to take a little bit in, in realizing who should lead off a role, who should assist, uh, momentum spend, threat spend. Uh, so the game mechanics require a little bit more coordination than there would be than in a live play game. And so it's communication allowing time for people to answer, I think is the, is one of the, uh, the things that you should look out for. I want to, I want to dig into that a little bit, right? It's clear to the audience that you're not, you're not playing on discord with like voice. You're like, you're not, you're not meeting like a traditional game. You're not meeting at the same time and then playing through the game in like a, like a voice, um, like a rate, like an audio drama kind of thing. You're just literally typing stuff and letting it sit in the ether until somebody has an opportunity to go and answer it. Um, so that's, I mean, not only is that asynchronous, but it's also like just, you know, you're just waiting. And like, how do you, <laughs> how, how, first of all, how do you make that work, right? And then secondly, like, how do you maintain some sense of forward momentum and drama when you might have, you know, 12 to 24 hours, maybe even longer of a wait in between, um, you know, in between a, a question and a response or something? I, I can maybe answer a little bit about that. It's, uh, for, well, what I do is characters logs. That's why mm-hmm. I kind of use, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the, the abuser of the characters logs <laughs> section, but it, it's there. I use it to actually try to um, engage new ideas that, that a scene has actually given me or, or something like that. And then I know not everybody writes as much as I do obviously, but maybe that might like ping something with other people 
to go, oh yeah, I hadn't thought about it this way. And then they start might might start asking questions or or thinking of something to do to move forward. And you know, take advantage of out of character chat because things may not be happening in the scene, but you can still converse with your fellow players about what's going on, you know, and and keep it fresh in your mind. So that way you're thinking about, okay, what's my next step? What's my next dialogue? You know, how do I want to approach this situation? And you're still in communication with the other players. And it's evolving. Just recently, I forget who made the suggestion to me. I want to say it was Michael Freeman. We've started adding something called scene direction. I started in the last one because what happened is we all get busy. Jim, you know, you have a lot of us freelancers on here. And so sometimes you give us so much work. We're like our game slows down and we start forgetting stuff. And so we started started doing scene direction so that people can, I I like it as a tool now because people can always back up and say, oh, this is what this scene is going for. These are some of the things we're going for here. And then once we've achieved that, we can cut and set up a new scene direction so you're going to learn that you're going to have to evolve your play according to the pace of your players and and don't be afraid to speak up like if you know that you're you're you sold your house and you're moving um in the coming weeks let everyone in in the group know hey i'm going to be gone for the next week and a half two weeks dealing with this and we will frame the scenes around the characters instead of um forcing them into the scenes um might uh, have them uh step to the background or uh you know give them other things to do um that they can narrate when they are available um i think that's you know being open and honest with your group on when this might be you know, too much for you when, you know, you're, when you're going to be busy is very, very important. Maybe we can actually have Josh talk to that because I remember he did have a, a bit pretty busy life for a couple of months and we gave him B plots, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so helpful. I mean, um, there's a huge crew and there's always supporting characters. And, um, and so I actually find the format is really forgiving for real life events and everybody is really supportive. Everybody's got something going on at some point in the year. And um, it's even possible to have multiple channels you know, in Discord if you want to conduct parallel action. And some of the dice bots even support having different traits you know, in different locations um, so that you can sort of track what's going on mechanically in two different sets of actions. So you could have things on different paces for different people that are, you know, have some real life uh, constraints and don't want to block the main plot. And I know we're we're the newest ones, as mentioned earlier, which believe it or not, we're coming up on a year uh, into this month. We've been been on the crew for a year. Oh and I, I know for, for me, part of it is I, I'm not going to claim I have the rhythms down. I'm, I'm, I'm starting <laughs> and improving as I go along and trying not to hold people up and uh, one thing I'm learning is trying not to be too precious about my character because they're, you know, all of our characters are, they're our babies, you know, it's like, okay, this is not a big character scene. Just let people know I'm going to be away. If you want to take over for a little bit, take over. It'll be fine when I get back and keep the plot moving. And then I know Lauren's uh, had her own ways that she's been moving things along too. I, I am liking with the discord. It is kind of fun because my character is unpredictable that and it does make it fun that in Discord it is kind of fun that I could do a little message to the GM being like, oh, I can surprise the other characters because my mm-hmm. character is unpredictable, that I can set up a little something with the GM too at times that because my character is unpredictable, it can surprise the other characters that way. I well. should. So to your question, Jim, about the drama, I feel like there's actually so much surprise and drama that happens in this asynchronous format. I'm, I'm so amazed. Like every couple of days, you know, some post comes through and I'm like, Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> and then you have some hours to really sit with that and be like, what's going to happen. So mm-hmm. it actually has a lot of forward momentum. I find even with the slower pace. Yeah. And that and slower that, pace. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, I was going to oh, say that the slower pace allows you to actually um, craft what you're trying to say a bit more um so my just random babbling that i tend to do in conversation can actually be like edited into a long conversation with him my my character self so yeah it still might be a long set of words but at least it 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 makes a bit more sense and it can come off more understandable 
Yeah, the one thing that I wanted to throw in is if you want to run a game like this, um, you know, consider uh, who your players are and what their time zones are and try to include um, plot pieces around when they're going to be accessing, um, you know, the the Internet at given times, because I think we're spread across, what, three or four time zones here amongst us, right? We've got East Coast, West Coast, Midwest. So, like, Mm -hmm. you know just be aware of who you have uh, and and what the time zones are and try to, if you want to engage someone with a scene, try to make sure that scene is when they are going to access, you know, the internet and things like that. Yeah. I've learned not to try to write scenes around people here who have kids getting them ready for school. (laughs) Well, it's interesting that you say that because I like that doesn't, since this is all asynchronous anyway, wouldn't you not be planning a scene for a particular time of day? Wouldn't you just be setting up the scene and putting it out there and uh, just waiting for them to respond? You get to their, I, I, I've learned people's rhythms. So, so I, I probably weirdly enough could probably guess a lot of people's schedules here. Like I'm not going to plan a heavy thing for Aaron on the weekend in the summer. Cause he's out there, you know, traveling to conventions and doing live action. And I know that weirdly enough that Lauren and Roger are pretty much busy on Sundays. I know that's a really busy day for them on Sundays. So, so that people don't have to wait two or one or two days. And sometimes believe me, we wait a week because we're all so yeah. busy. So that's happened before, but, but it's just, it's just, you start learning everybody over time and you mm-hmm. find ways to accommodate. And then there's weird days where we're all on at the same time and it's crazy. <laughs> and it's like, we're playing around the table, like on a Saturday, everyone happens to be off oh and, we're, and we're just, we get through an, you know, a whole half story. So it's really, you just start getting the pulse of people. And it's not like everyone is in every scene, right? So like we might have a scene between two or three characters uh, that happens and resolves in the time when they're uh, accessing uh, the the Discord and then move to another scene later. It doesn't always work out perfectly like that, but sometimes it does. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, and again, this is for the benefit of the audience <laughs> for the most part, who are thinking <laughs> about using Discord or another chat type of program. Um, I, I have found using Discord, and this might just be me personally as a, as a Discord user, that um, it is super hard to keep track of non-threaded conversations, right? When you have one channel and it's just a stream of, of posts after posts, when you have eight to 10, or, you know, in the case of like the Modiphius Discord, you've got, you know, a thousand users on there. And if you get enough people on there, there's a critical mass where there's just stuff going by so fast, you can't possibly keep track of it. And someone may have posted a good question an hour ago, but it's, you know, a thousand posts away. So I'm curious, like when you are all on at the same time and you're, and you're riffing and you're having a great scene with three or four of you, like the ones, the ones that are not in that scene and you need to catch up, like, how do you, how do you approach that? Do you feel kind of like overwhelmed and you just take it by pieces or does somebody post a summary of what happened or like, how do you, how do you work through that in in this particular group? Oh, I I can definitely answer that because i'll be in like four hour meetings and then pop in <laughs> and, and be like what what happened so i'm gonna shout out to the fantastic writers that we have and the system in which we've sort of put that the way that you talk in dialogue and the direction that everybody has there so we have the scene direction that that michael talked about but we also have when we type, right? Um, it'll be like Captain Jaleel says this too, and we'll tag each other because mm-hmm. our screen names are our character names. So it's very easy to uh, see where the questions are posted. But we've also taken a lot of what is in an actual Star Trek episode. Like we we sort of know like the the meter of the dialogue. Right. So it's usually like a two or three person scene and Mm. well, it'll be like an A player will say something B player. I'm using acting terms, not, uh, you know, um, RPG terms. Right. And they'll sort of be like a back and forth rhythm that develops in the dialogue. And Mm. being the the Trek nerds that we are, we 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 model the way that we do things based on the show. And uh, we, we don't have like a sort of like a, a meandering piece of uh, dialogue as I'm babbling right now. <laughs> so are you saying then that the posts are like blocks of text that are relatively easy to read and, and people largely adhere to that? Yeah. And uh, like I said, that the writing is is great. And I think that's why when 
these little bits of character comes through in the dialogue and the setup of the scene, it, it just resonates so much. Um, I mean, the, the feels are real. Uh, and, uh, the, 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 the words that these folks around me are able to infuse is, uh, really darn good. And And I I would also say, oh, sorry, you good, Mike? uh, Yeah, yeah, I was just... I, I would also I'm just say, like, a little bit more about you guys. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, if you are, uh, I would say, if you are not in a scene, you don't need to stress out about that scene. In fact, there's been times when I, you know, it takes us two or three days to get through a full scene. If my character isn't in the scene, and for some reason I can't access and read that scene because I'm doing something at work or whatever. It's not really that big of a deal because my character wasn't involved. So technically they wouldn't know what was going on anyways. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, if we ever need to loop back to it with that, to get that information, we can always go back and search. Or at the end, when Michael publishes it as the ebook, that's when I get to read all the scenes in order. Um, So don't... which is sometimes more fun because then I notice that people are like, what? Oh, that's what happened. You know, they go back mm-hmm. and read it fresh. We also early on established um, writing guidance. So, so that new people coming into the game kind of know how to write. We, we set up stuff like, um, you know, let, if someone directs a question to somebody else, let that person answer it before just mm-hmm. jumping to another idea or, or, um, I'm big. My favorite was short sentences. Cause if you watch Star Trek, <laughs> if, if you watch Star Trek on closed caption, the sentences are so short, but they convey such techno babble ideas. And mm-hmm. so we we just did some basic um, things like that, shorter paragraphs. Um, like, so if you say dialogue, use a shorter paragraph to get into the feelings of the character. Not that the other people can metagame about it, but it gives us some acting direction, knowing what the feeling of the scene is. So, I mean, we've, I guess now that I'm talking about it, we really gone improv on this. Yeah, I think one time you even said, hey, uh, let's try for this episode to end your dialogue with a question to the other character that's in the room, like so that we can learn more about who that person is and and so on and so forth. Um, and that that was really, really cool to do as well. Yeah, that went from the player in the player's guide. That was advice that was in the player's guide is don't just stand there and look at the person, ask open-ended questions about their background and stuff like that to, to keep the conversations flowing. Yeah. Well, and that's some of the best writing we've had really has been, you know, not the, oh my God, we got to save this planet kind of thing. It's just been, you know, the quiet moments, you know, where you're talking about family or, you know, you're, you're in the ready room having a drink together and you're talking about what's going to happen in the future kind of stuff. You know, that's been some of the greatest character interactions we've had. Not to mention uh, Inabryn Madrick's crazy aunt. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh yeah. I love the that. Woman love to hate. <laughs> we definitely have some good oh. villains. <laughs> Is she a villain though? Really? No, you're right. I'm using the wrong word. And me and Jim did decide on another show that we she's called them. She's an antagonist. Them, she's an adversary. Yes. She's an adversary. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. That works. She's getting pulled to the light, though. Michael, I don't know how you feel about it. I feel like we're making her more and more of a hero each episode. I'm not sure she likes it, but... Maybe she's Are the, we? Maybe, uh, the deeper antagonist. She's the relationship character pulling everyone else along. They say right. that's, uh, that's what the Joker is in The Dark Knight. He's not actually the uh, antagonist. He's the uh, relationship character. Yeah, I don't... I, I, I think you're all playing into her hands, personally. <laughs> All right. right. Other other angles uh, I thought we could tackle. In fact, I had posted the question there is each of you have grown. I mean, I have to say commend you all because when you're spotlighted or when you have a story, one of the biggest things that I've noticed that happens and this is out there for game masters and players to chew on. These characters are so different from the beginning of the episode to the end of the episode. And I've never played with a group where they push for that almost, you know, they really push Mm -hmm. for that. So with that, I'm going to ask, I know some of you have been around longer than others, what episode that we played, because we played most of the modules and mission briefs. That's what we base most of our stuff off is actually the stuff published by Modifius. So um, based off of that, which ones do you think pushed you and your character grew the most in and 
take it whoever wants to take that first um i honestly i think the end of uh season four where we wrapped up the uh telecall saga because you know all through that season you know jalel had been flogging himself you know over the fact that he had lost you know trask and was you know blaming himself in the whole nine yards and you know now it looked like you know the the galaxy was going to fall to these uber powerful beings and everything and all of a sudden he hears over his com badge captain and i i could just picture jalel's eyes just getting wide and thinking okay i'm not just hearing things that was real yeah that and was a captain america to the left to your left moment right exactly <laughs> You know, and just seeing the captain's yacht, realizing he was still alive, and then having that horrible thought of, what is he coming back to? You know, and having to give that order, basically saying, get back to the Pioneer. If this doesn't work, basically blast the surface of this planet to dust. Mm -hmm. This ends here. What order is that? That's an actual order in Starfleet. To destroy a planet. Oh, I can't remember. Five, I want to say. I was, I was looking at the general order list earlier today. Yeah. For <laughs> those of you who are wondering which what stories Troy is referring to that we base that off, that was Scott Pearson's As Many as Six Impossible Things, Jim Johnson's Joy Lies in the Souls of Doing, and uh Derek Tyler Attico's The Needs of the Few. So those were based <laughs> on that came out of the Shackleton Expanse, which was quite a saga <clears throat> for us. Oh. What yeah. who else? Who else? Um has oh, one where can, they thought their can, character grew. Mm -hmm. uh, I can say that, like, um, uh, I think it's called, is it called dar just darkness? Darkness. Uh, worlds. Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Sam Webb. Not, mm -hmm. not as it relates to the entire group, but for me personally, learning more about my character, um, basically, you land on a planet and it's completely dark. You can't see anything around you. What, what Michael did is he encouraged us each to have scenes where we're flashing back to the past um thinking about what happened to us when we were younger and things like that and i had known that i wanted to play this older brother character who was jealous of his younger brother who was way smarter than him way more successful than him and got all the attention from his parents um and but i didn't quite know like how i was going to tell that story uh and in darkness i got i think i got two flashbacks where i was able to outline you know um uh trask's anger at his parents and at the his his baby brother and things like that we got to rectify that uh in season four um which was pretty cool uh but i i think for me outlining the character and figuring out who the character was going to be um that that episode really hit home and i got to i mean i i, I I realized that i can't save everyone uh because one of our one of our supporting characters died when i was trying to save him mm. yep exactly good i want to highlight with both of those you know as people again game masters and players you're not going to find your greatest games where you're feeling good all the time or you're winning every dice roll it's often the times when you're really in the dirt and the muck and your character is growing up out of that that becomes um the best stories yep. yeah anybody else uh aaron what was yours yeah i well boy i I played the weird character in many ways in that he's kind of like the old grizzled veteran of Starfleet. So a lot of his growth is not really due to stories. It's more due to like these interpersonal relationships or just how he mm -hmm. views his own existence. Um, that seems like a strange thing to say, but it, it comes down to the episode where we all got downloaded into the computer, mm. all of our minds. And it's it's there for the character well Nalinda's character growth a lot of it happened in that episode just because it changed his perspective on the universe in in a in a weird way because he kind of turned inside and kind of looked inside himself and saw himself in a way that like others saw him rather than how he saw himself mm -hmm. it's I, i'm kind of going uh, babbling about it but the the point is is that he started the episode just relaxed thinking well i'm in a really strange metaphysical situation it's nothing really much stranger than things i've that's happened to me before but 
suddenly he's put into this position where he feels very, very, very responsible for the rest of the crew. And he'll put himself at risk for everyone regardless and came to peace with his own death in a, in a weird way. Like he, he talked, he talked to Dr. Simon, like saying, here's my personality. If I don't come out of this, this is my backup. I don't even plan on this backup being real, but this is just a, just in case, cause I'm going to be stuck in the computer for a while operating at computer speeds rather than for those of speeds. And for those of you who are wondering which which that that was directed by Josh Allen. So we now take turns GMing. Just so you all know, Discord allows us to take turns GMing. That was written by some guy named Michael Dismukes. It's in the Utopia Planitia mission brief pack called I Ship. The one he it was a, it was a good episode. Oh, and it was a very good episode. And I think a lot of us got to explore some interesting character character mm-hmm. facets that we all kind I of say the I spy was two, two, two I more mean, votes I for I Ship here. <laughs> yeah. Change because we all got to pull out aspects of our character uh out of out of our characters to like go this is kind of what our inner this is what our inner selves are so like nolan had pulled out his home's great library that that's kind of like what his mind is is that he keeps all of his memories and picture books and encyclopedias and things like that and this is where his like mind mind palace is and other people had different things mccoy's was that your favorite too Oh yeah. Well, mine was for a very different reason. <laughs> <laughs> All different reasons. <laughs> well, because Zisa, um, for that one, um, for that one, she had copied herself, and the copies had panicked, and so because they had panicked, they the Zisas had the other copies had all done very very bad decisions. <laughs> so the one who's still on pioneer has now has absolutely no idea what was it that made basically herself do such horrible very quickly (laughs) make such bad decisions (laughs) and because she's not very introspective she's like she cannot figure out what is it with herself and so that's beginning her beginning to get her questioning herself so <laughs> and, and those other two digital copies are still out They're there. They're still out there. And one of them's the pirate queen. Yeah. So. That's right. <laughs> that was one of those surprises, Zisa. I was absolutely stunned when when Zisa made those decisions. And I thought it was so cool that she got to be different people. It's sort of like, you know, it's sort of like a teenage thing to do. But in this case, it was literally true, is that she got to split herself and sort of live different lives. You you know, I had just a few random triggers for her, and um, it just, that that one just happened to hit the perfect triggers. (laughs) And um, the last one happened to hit the other perfect triggers. So this next episode will be interesting because we've now hit nail on all their triggers so i i'll be heading for some demerits soon <laughs> and and for that same episode uh so hilkar is the security officer but she is she is the anti-wharf she is <laughs> she is cautious she is slow to act to the point of being an annoying sometimes sorry but i'm true to the character <laughs> she's learning she's learning she's learning mm-hmm. a little older as time goes on uh, but she the reason and I had this built in back from when the character was created was that she had had a traumatic experience where it was, you know, basically the equivalent of witnessing an uh, accidental killing, you know, a ki- kid being killed by, you know, cops by Starfleet officers, you know, and there was no bad intent. It was just something that went horribly awry and it mm-hmm. left her with, you know, this great value for preserving life preserving everyone preserving the red shirts you know she's he's every member of her team is as important and is you know worthy of protection so at the beginning of the episode josh asked me it's like hey do you does he have a does Helkara have like a, a boogeyman in her background uh, like a <laughs> or something and i happen to have this incident in mind and he mentions it. he he brings her into this digital simulation of her childhood bedroom and it ticked so many boxes at the same time it's like oh no, the chief of security is about to literally curl into a ball on the floor crying. (laughs) This kind of straight-laced character, you just hit like every single mark on her at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then by the end of the episode, just kind of like how Zisa duplicated herself, Helkara's digital copy beamed the original of her without the memories of all this back in real life and then beamed a 
physical Android copy into the ship too. And I, I, I'm so happy this ended up this way. The first character that our security officer ever attacked in this in uh, in this show, like a physical <laughs> attack, was herself. She was quite literally <laughs> punching herself in the face. She was so upset about why are you hiding these memories from me? So just loved everything I got to do there. All so right. And let's hear from our last two. I want to hear theirs. And again, the reason we're doing this, one thing I hope you all who are listening in notice, these best scenes do not have to do with violence or blowing stuff up. I just want you to notice that's all internal growth. Um, and that's something that STA provides that I've never seen really in a lot of other RPGs. Um, Michael, I know you're on a, a hard deadline uh, to, to, to jump off. So why don't we let you go and talk about what, what game made it for you and why? Yeah, well, first you can see being the the uh, the doctor and uh, chief psychologist, uh, he's quite busy. Oh, oh, here we go again. Your <laughs> signal, Michael. <laughs> this is why we play on Discord with him. Right. Subspace interference. <laughs> yep. Let, let's jump over. Jump over to you, Josh. Give it to us, and then we'll get him back. Sure. I mean, both of my characters have had, you know, some amazing episodes where they really took a leap forward. Um, Time Lost was one. I think that was a brief. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what. um, Actually, Al, did did you write that one? Yeah. Um, So that one was incredible because Michael really integrated into an Aberdeen Medrex uh, backstory. And um, it was it just was basically that he is a Cardassian uh, officer who uh, hates the Obsidian Order, hates fascism, uh, hates his family, incidentally, and uh, is sort of brought back into all of that. And so there were just so many ways that that uh, kind of crystallized some things for him. And then for the other character, um, The Needs of the Few um, by Derek Tyler Attico, where um, He's so that his character concept is basically what if James Franco was in Star Trek and um, and he you know I, I try to focus. I wasn't on... going to say that out loud. But go ahead. <laughs> well, and you know the real James Franco has has some issues, and I think uh, we try to really make this you know version of him a variant that that really would fit with the next generation ethics and um, personal conduct, and so he's really like a. a I tried to to make him a bon vivant, but one who is just overwhelmingly um, interested in the humanity and respect for everybody around him. Um, and so he um, he is often sort of befriending, um, you know, different different um, contacts from different civilizations, and uh, he has a chance to do so with the Vinchari, and. Um, things get really serious and um, in terms of, you know, really forming a bond and then unfortunate, you know, an unfortunate fate for the Vinchari leader. And I think, you know, with his character, he's always been sort of dancing around. Maybe I'm going to sort of pull myself together and make something out of myself. And I felt like after that episode, he couldn't really go back to not taking things more seriously. So that, that was a cool moment to reach, um, you know, I, I'd always wanted to pull him in sort of more of a responsible direction, but I sort of needed different motivators that would really, you know, sell the idea to him that he really, you know, should start changing his values and, and moving forward in a different way. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Fantastic. Michael, are you back for a little bit? Can you squeeze it in so you can? <laughs> yeah, it, maybe if my connection stays stable. Sorry, everybody. Uh, yeah, so like I was saying before, if you heard telling the, the doctor and uh, chief psychologist, uh, all these wonderful people provide great character moments and touch points for the character. Uh, but, you know, as the actual doctor, um, also go with um, uh, the Vinshari episode where uh, Dr. Simon got to do the Okay, someone has got to remember. What did Dr. Simon get to do? Oh my God, we have 50 something episodes. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> We've lost you, Michael. You know, we're going to leave everyone in suspense and go to continuing missions, type in Pioneer episodes, and you can go ahead and uh, uh, look at all of our episodes are actually listed up there. So he's talking about episode 11 in season four. You could go straight there and see how awesome Dr. Simon is. Okay, cool. We've been at this, of course, for almost almost an hour now, um, uh, to a little a little under an hour. Um, really, one of the biggest things, besides this is belated having you all on, I really wanted people to know about Discord as the option. Um, to me, the reason I like it the most is because it follows your life changes, no matter what's going on in all your personal lives, um, that it's been super adaptable. And some people have had to walk away from the game. You know, they're welcome back if we ever have room, but um, they've had to walk away and we write that in. And what another thing that has been done, especially talking about what Al Spader's character did, he actually told me he wanted people to let him go missing. And he went missing for several episodes and everyone thought that was the end of that character. But Discord allowed it, it allowed it that we were playing a whole separate channel and mm -hmm. game. And then when that moment came back, that Falcon moment to your left, everyone was shocked and surprised. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something that again, Discord and with people who are who here are into the story, they're not into murder hobo, into collecting all the gold and stuff like that, all the latinum around. Um, to me, it's been the best playing experience of my life. That's how I, I feel about that. Oh, yeah, I had never gotten through COVID with my sanity intact, you know, had it not been for Pioneer. I have no doubt in my mind. Tell us more. <laughs> it just, you know, I, I'm I'm somewhat of an introvert anyway. I, I don't mind being at home. But when you have that, you know, enforced lack of communication, that enforced lack of interpersonal interaction at all, you know, I could I couldn't see my best friend. I couldn't see the right, you know, my my regular gaming group. So Pioneer was, that was my lifeline, you know, and I think that kind of, you know, brought out uh, Jalal's personality at first. It was just, you know, he had been withdrawn. He had been, you know, just very business, you know, it was, this is what needed to be done. And this is what was going to get done. And over that time, you saw him kind of pull out and become more out there, more expressive. And now it's, you know, this is family to him. You know, the, you know, the pioneer, that's his baby. And 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 he'd he'd die for that ship and not think twice. That's so nice. <laughs> I've heard others about say, say that too, about how how during the pandemic it was important to have, you know, connection like this, get us out of the darkness of what was going on in the universe kind of thing cool all right jim any other questions before we um i i do but i think the questions i have would take much longer than i think we have <laughs> so um i think uh no i think this is i think this is good um i i, I wouldn't i wouldn't jump into it so i think i think i'm good all right, we'll have to have a part two. Again, we have so many. I mean, we have so many stories to tell. Oh I look gosh. forward. I say I look forward one day to being at a comic convention or a gaming convention with this group right here. We could yes. sit at a restaurant. Everyone order oh your favorite gosh. refreshment, and we are going to crack up. I remember I used to do that with my friends. People would be like, "What in line at like Comic Con?" They'd be like, "What are you guys talking about? What movie is that?" I was like, "Oh, that's not movie. That's our game." You know. Yep. So I look forward to have that time with all of you um, at some gaming convention sometime in the future. Absolutely. So that's my gratitude for today. My gratitude goes to all of you, you amazing pioneers who make it so that I, I am able to text or an RPG while texting in Starbucks or, <laughs> or, you know, pulled over at a gas station, check my phone, do something like that. So you are all amazing improv actors and keeping me happy with our happy endings, our, our happy stories that end well every time. I shouldn't use that terminology. All right, let's go around the room. Let's go in reverse rank order, then gratitude, and then we'll end with Jim. Uh, Lauren, you want to start? <laughs> wow, it's great to be here with y'all. <laughs> okay, that's deep. <laughs> All right, we're going to go in reverse rank order this time so I don't mess up. We have to go to Josh now. 
Yeah, just uh, really grateful to be a part of the server. Uh, you're an incredible GM, Michael. Uh, the whole group, mm -hmm. you guys are you so are. incredibly warm and supportive. And um, I, I feel like a writer when I'm when I'm playing this game. And that's a new that's a new and special thing. So thank you. That's awesome. Okay, now back to Roger. Yeah, I'll say this is easily the uh, the best uh, RPG group that I've uh, ever been part of, and also the longest lasting by a, by a good amount. Uh, mo most it's been it's usually been hard for me to find the time to, for more than a few sessions, and it's uh, been well worth it for this group to be able to keep going, let my character grow, and watch all the other characters grow. And it's uh, just a just a nice privilege to be part of all this. So, uh, and I'll say, you know, not only Michael but every single one of our GMs in the rotation all the season has just been doing an excellent job very uh very immersive very communicative so yeah thank you guys so much all of you i'm learning from and that's true I, when they gm i learn from them i'm like oh i should do that so it's <laughs> totally true all right aaron yeah it is me next um thank you my my gratitude is for everybody here thank you for giving me inspiration to write my mini novellas that that appear uh throughout throughout the server <laughs> in in different places no really seriously it's that the fact that everyone here can kind of like inspire me to like write so much from uh not my perspective but from the perspective of a grumpy old tellerite you know that that that's something special uh so i thank you thank you for giving that me that uh that impetus yeah, I think all of us can say, too, we're inspiring ourselves for actual Star Trek adventures type work, like modules and mission briefs. I get inspired by what we do, and I'm like, well, oh, yeah. that turned out so well. Yeah. All right, Al? Uh, well, first and foremost, I'm uh, grateful that my character, uh, Desmond, has been uh, promoted from lieutenant to uh, XO uh, as a commander due to some timey shenanigans, uh, and I appreciate that you all supported that part of the story uh and i also want to say thanks uh as we're recording this we're two weeks out from free rpg day uh and i want to thank anyone who's volunteering to run role-playing games to expose um people to games that are maybe not um the uh you know the most popular games on the market um so taking your time out of your busy schedule to run games for people um Awesome job. Unfortunately, it's not a Star Trek mission this time around, but they uh, Modifius did send out an Octung Cthulhu uh, mission to be run for free RPG day. So thank you to everyone who is participating. All right, Captain. Um, I know everybody, everybody here. You know, I am thankful to the cast and crew, past and present, of the USS Pioneer. You know, I am thankful to Michael for telling stories that have hit me hard. You know, I've shed tears. I've laughed out loud. I've really had to look inward on myself. You know, what do I believe and why? You know, instead of just saying, I believe this and this is how it is, it's okay. Somebody doesn't think the same way. Am I solid in why I think the way that I do? And, you know, that that ability to look inward, you know, has come from writing and gaming and exploring this universe with all of you. You know, you've pushed me to become a better writer, a better person, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. Go on true. Jolan True. <laughs> indeed, indeed. All right, Jim Johnson, please uh, take the Pioneer out. Uh, yeah, just uh, thanks to all of you for taking the time to join us tonight and talk about your experiences uh, in the game and uh, and on the show. And uh, uh, thank you to Michael. Uh, he had to cut out early because he had a hard stop at, uh, at, uh, at time, so uh, he wasn't able to actually give us his, his gratitude. But thanks for Michael for being here. Thanks to you all for being here. Um, and, and thank you for... Uh, for showing fans and prospective fans um, another way to play the game, or is it just more mm -hmm. options on how to play the game? It doesn't always have to be, you know, the same group at a table for three hours a week or three hours a month or whatever the time frame is. Uh, asynchronous play is possible uh, depending on, on your group and uh, how you how you structure it. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it wouldn't be any surprise for me to say it's not for everybody, uh, certainly, mm -hmm. but uh, I think for this particular group, you're making it work and uh, 
kudos to you for that. So uh, thanks for being here. And uh, also, I'll just, uh, as always, I thank the fans in general. Without the fans, uh, we wouldn't be doing Star Trek Adventures uh, for this long. So thank you for the fans for continuing to, continuing to support us and for continuing to support each other, right? So like every week, we see new members come into the different groups, uh, whether it's uh, the subreddit or the Facebook groups or Discord or whatever, and the fans are always supporting each other saying, hey, how can we help you? Go check out the search engine, you know, get involved, get into conversations. Uh, very welcoming uh, fan base. So that's what uh, any strong game needs, I think, is a good, strong fan base. And uh, and uh, I see that Star Trek Adventures has that uh, in quantity. So uh, very excited for that. Yep, and we're all over the social media, all of us here. So if you ask a question about it, about Discord, playing on Discord, tips and tricks, um, we're, we're always happy to answer your questions too. Absolutely. All right. Well, IDIC. Yep. Live long and prosper. Be safe. Be well. Take care, everybody. See you next time. Tell I'm true. Bye bye.